Hello. I have heard from so many people that they're heading out on these amazing adventures, which I love to hear. And I also have had a lot of questions about what they need. What do you need to get out and go for a long hike, go for a big bike ride, whatever it is you're doing, right? So today I want to talk about just like the bare necessities, how to pick the right pack, the right poles, the right water bladder, bladder, all the things that you need. So if you're listening to this, make sure when you get finished that you go over to my YouTube channel, which is simply YouTube, Fit is Freedom, and watch the video because there's a lot of show and tell involved. And I think that you'll enjoy some of the nuances and you'll figure out a few things that you really ought to find out now instead of later. Hey there, Kelly here, and thank you so much for joining us today. I am honored to have you here. If you're looking for tips, habit shifts, and shortcuts to fitness consistency and the freedom that feeling great brings, you're in the right place. As the fitness consistency coach with a touch of adventure, I've been helping smart, busy women embrace fitness and long-term freedom for over 20 years. I am so glad you're here. So I was having a conversation with one of my clients and we were just talking about, we were talking about hiking trips, things that she wanted to do. And she mentioned to me a, well, she mentioned to me something that had happened to her a few years ago. And what it was, was she was on a trip and it was, she was on a trip with a few people. They were all runners. They were runners who were prepared to go do things. And she wasn't a runner wasn't really her thing, but she wanted to go on this hike with them. So she heads out with them, not really knowing like the need for good hydration, a good pack, <laughs> hiking poles, any of those things. Like, you know, they were just all heading out for the day. So she starts out on the trail. And if I remember correctly, it was actually a trail on the Grand Canyon, which is, which is hot, big, and, and, somewhat intimidating, quite frankly. So she heads out on this uh, trip and she has basically a cup of water. She doesn't even have a water bottle. It's a cup of water. And thinking that that would just be fine because who knows, right? If you haven't done something like this before, why not just to take a couple of water? Because that's just what we do, right? And makes total sense to me. <laughs> I can tell you my faux pas for, <laughs> we can spend the rest of the probably our days for me telling you the things that I've done wrong. So this is a learn from what I've, uh, what I've done wrong, not because I know so much. But what I learned is that early on, and this is something that she learned, is that water is one of your biggest necessities. It's that thing that you need when you're out there on trails, followed very closely by some form of electrolytes. Okay. And so first thing that I'd like you to think about is water you... If you're going out, basically, like roughly a half a half liter per hour of exercise. So that's, you know, that's kind of a standard number. Changes wildly, changes wildly based on person, based on temperatures, based on what you're doing. Like, I mean, this is the kind of thing that it's really good for you to get to know yourself well enough that you know what works for you, okay? But when you're putting together a pack, Think about having a, you know, at least 
one liter for every two hours that you're out there. So most water bladders come in either, I mean, they come smaller, but in general, a water bladder would come in a two or a three liter uh, bladder. So if you're watching this, instead of listening to the audio, what you're going to see is this is my two liter um, this is my two liter bottle uh, water bladder. And what I do is usually this is good because we're going to talk about electrolytes in a second, but this will take me through about three to four hours, depending upon how hot it is outside, plus a couple bottles of electrolytes. So with your water bladder, what you want is to choose one that's easy to use. You want to always use your water bladder just for water. Don't use it for electrolytes because especially if you live in the South, like I do, when you put something foreign into this bladder, it's going to end up getting furry. <laughs> That's what happens. <laughs> so, so thinking about it, your water bladder is only for water. All right. And we're going to have separate places where you can put your water and electrolytes, but just water in your water bladder. And in this water bladder, you also, if you're watching the video, what you're going to see is there's some paper towels in there. So what I do is every time I use my water bladder, um, I will empty it out very well at the end of the day, dry it out. I literally close the top. So you'll close the top of however it is like this particular one has a, a slide on it but some of them have just a screw top, right? It just depends on which one you're using. So I close the top and once that top is sealed, I actually will blow on my um, tube that you drink out of. So I'm gonna blow on that tube. And what happens is that it fills the um, bladder up as if it's like a balloon, which allows you to um, dry easier. So I've dropped a couple of paper towels in there. It's pretty dry inside anyway. I blow it up like a balloon. And now I know that I can store this bladder for a week or a month or a year. It doesn't really matter. It's going to be good. Now, <laughs> one of the tricks that always happens to people is when you get ready to fill your water bladder next time around, remember to take the paper towels out. <laughs> I cannot tell you how many people have said, oh, I was having so much trouble trying to get my water to come through the tube until I realized that I had left a paper towel in there. So yeah, I mean, that is a little thing, but but make sure that um, you take those paper towels out and then you're going to have a clean, dry, safe, healthy bladder instead of something that might have some sort of, um, some sort of science project happening. Then on the flip side, Make sure that you have a couple of um, just plastic plastic bottles. If you've done any runs or races or bike rides or whatever, oftentimes they give these plastic bottles away for free. They're usually about a liter. Sometimes they're two liters. Uh, but, you know, just something that is not a big deal. I've got, like, regular plastic bottles that I use, and I also have um, some uh, some plastic bottles that actually are – more like, um, I don't know what you'd call them. They call them hydropack, but they're not really a bottle so much as a little bladder. And I use these for my electrolytes. I have a bottle brush to clean them afterwards. So electrolytes go in your extra bottles. What electrolytes are is a lot of us know of like Gatorade as an electrolyte. Gatorade is probably like, I mean, it's, 
it's widely used, probably not my favorite. I would use something like for me personally, I use something called um, none. A lot of times I'll use uh, none endurance um, because I'm in the South. Most of the places I go, it's going to be hot. I personally simply sweat a lot. My mother would like to say that I perspire, but I truly just sweat a lot. So I use an electrolyte that is, I know has a lot of, um, it's going to have salts in it. it. It will usually have some sort of sugars in it, um, depending upon the one you're using. Some of them have ca- caffeine in it. Like there's different things that go in there. But what that electrolyte is going to do is allow you to um, refill some of the salts and all the good stuff inside your body that you're losing the minerals as you're sweating, if you're sweating a lot. So test your electrolytes. It's different for everybody. Like this is really a, this is a trial and error kind of thing or a trial and win kind of thing. I know I have a lot of clients who have been using something lately called um, saline IV, I think is what they say. It's like um, saline, like uh, salt water, IV. Um, as in intravenously, and they pick it up at most stores, and a lot of them really, really like it. So, so it's just one of those things where you try one, try another. Some of them, some of them don't appeal to some people's stomachs, and some of them do. So it's it's a personal choice, but it is something that you actually want to have. For me, my number is usually about after an hour of of some sort of movement in the winter and. I mean, in the summer and an hour and a half in the winter, by that time, I am making sure that I'm also taking in electrolytes. So just trial and error, okay? But test yourself and see what's going to work for you. I am also going to link to a water calculator. And this water calculator actually gives you, based on body type, uh, weight, temperature, location, it will tell you basically how much water you need. Always make sure you have a little bit extra, okay? Don't don't be my friend with the Dixie Cup at the end of that hike asking people if they could spare some water, literally. So you don't want to do that. You definitely want to make sure that your water is covered. The next piece of this is your pack. So a lot of times when people think about, like if you go to a store, go to an outdoor store and say, I need a, I need a pack, they'll think, you know, you need some sort of big, huge um backpack you don't this is <laughs> this is what you're going to find is that um just like having a purse a pack usually expands like the stuff that the amount of stuff you put into it expands to the amount of size you have so on a smaller trip a small pack is probably your right move because if you just put too much stuff in there, all of a sudden now you've got this heavy thing. I literally had um, a gentleman come on a, a trip with me one time and he had his day pack. His day pack weighed 35 pounds. <laughs> okay, I waited afterwards because I was a little annoyed. So 35 pounds. My backpack, if I go backpacking, weighs 38 pounds. So here's a 35 pound day pack. He had everything plus the kitchen sink in there. And halfway through that hike, he started having some problems. So I got to carry his day pack. And um, that's <laughs> that's why I waited when we got back. And so he didn't need all that stuff. In fact, 
he really didn't use anything in that day pack except for his water. So, so just know the only reason I'm telling that story is just know that it's so easy to overpack a pack if you've got a big one. So for me, a couple of things I do, I start off like I have a, I have a really small pack. If you're, um, you'll see it on the video, but this is, this is a small pack. All it holds is two liters of water. It has a zipper at the top, which will hold a buff. It'll hold sunscreen. It'll hold a couple of uh, uh, like protein bars or snacks or whatever. It'll hold a very, very lightweight rain jacket that I can stuff in there. And then there's, it's got a place on the bottom where I can add a few more things that I want. That's all that goes in this. It's very simple. It does nothing more than slip over my shoulders and snap across the front. That pack, this pack, has gotten me through so many hikes. Like, I've hiked with it for years. Um, it's not my go-to anymore because somewhere along the way, I actually picked up really what is running. It's a running vest. Nothing more than a running vest. And it's very, very lightweight. It, it fits just like a vest. So if you're, um, if you're watching on the video, you'll see it is nothing more than a vest with a, a couple of sections. I can drop a water bottle in here. I'm sorry. I can drop a uh, water bladder in there. I can drop two electrolyte bottles in there. I can drop a ton of like everything that would go in my small pack plus more if I want to carry it. I can also carry it on with my, um, if I want to take my poles, I can attach them to the back. So the pros and cons uh, the last one I showed you, which was, it was a Camelback small, small day pack. Man, tough as nails. That thing literally has been in my life for, I would bet 15 plus years. Easy. Nothing wrong with it. It's still perfect. I can still use it at the drop of a hat. The um, running vest, the pros, really comfortable, really comfortable. Um, it's pretty cool. Like I've done, I've done long races in the middle of uh, Texas summer and been just fine. So it's, it's, it's not, you know, stuffy. Um, it is a little bit delicate. Now, I only say that because not that I've torn it, but it just has that feeling like if I overstuffed it, it would probably rip. So you just want to make sure if you get something like a running vest, that it fits properly, that you're not going to overstuff it with a bunch of stuff. <laughs> Sorry, that was redundant. You're not going to overstuff it and that you're going to be like a little bit more careful with that. Like I am definitely a little bit more careful with that running pack than I am with some of my others. The next one I want to show you is, I, I have way too many packs. Okay. These are show and tell. So the next one I'm showing you is a Nathan. And the difference with this one is that it has room for my uh, bladder. It has a full-size pack or a full-size pocket so that I can put mm, maybe an extra layer. Like, let's say I'm, I'm hiking somewhere where I start out. It's kind of um, warm. I'm low. It's warm. I've got a lightweight top on. Uh, but I know that the possibility of A, rain is there, or B, that it's going to cool off is there. I've had um, on some hikes as much as 30 to 40 degrees difference between start and top. So I can fit a rain jacket in here. I can fit a, um, uh, 
maybe a base layer, a wool layer. Um, I can fit food. Uh, <laughs> I always take food with me. Um, I can fit like everything that I need, plus some little extras on the front because it will have, and this is a Nathan, it's an older Nathan. So you're probably not going to find this exact Nathan out there in the world, but it's going to have um, some places on the front where you can also carry goodies, uh, chapstick, sunscreen, cell phone, all of those things. These packs, even my running pack, they're made tough. So they're going to last for a long time. So go ahead and find something that you like that fits well. A couple of other things that we can talk about for a second before we see the rest of the packs is when you have a pack, you don't want to have exposed skin underneath the straps on your pack because you will get rubbed raw. Some people are even, um, uh, delicate is not the word, but it's the word I'm going to use. Some people are even sensitive, sensitive enough that even a pack on their back can rub them. So you need to be super aware and try this out a little bit. Like before you go do a four hour hike with a new pack, make sure you try it for a few days because you want to make sure there's nowhere that it's rubbing, nowhere that you're uncomfortable. If, if a pack does rub one, wear or clothes underneath it. <laughs> I mean, I'm joking, but I see people out there all the time with maybe a, maybe a, like just a, a sports bra on and a pack. And you can see where that pack is starting to rub and they're getting raw. So in that situation, you can always take some Vaseline or some moleskins. You should always have some moleskins with you. Um, so, so just keep in mind that make sure your pack fits you well, that it's comfortable you can adjust these packs. So the next couple I'm going to talk about are fully adjustable. So you'll find on your packs, um, the first three I talked about, they are not adjustable. Okay. They, you put them on, you make sure they fit you and you can tighten them up a little bit, but they're not going to adjust up and down. Other packs will adjust like shoulder length, like how long your torso is, how tall you are, how short you are, um, how wide you are, how little you are. They, they will definitely, um, move to or stretch or shrink to whatever size you are, but start out with something as close to your size as possible. Okay. These packs do come in sizes. Most of them, most of them. So the next pack I want to show you, and this is, this is a really good example. And if you're just listening, I'm going to tell you what it is. It's an Osprey. It's a daylight pack is what it's called. Osprey daylight. Sounds like a perfect day pack, right? Um, I bought it online because I needed something for um, a trip that was coming up. And actually, I think at the time it was when the pandemic was going on and it, everything was shut down. So bought it online, sounded good, day pack, sounded like it might be a little bit big. What I didn't notice was is day pack plus. So this is the kind of pack that if you're not careful and you fill it up, you can stuff 35 pounds worth of stuff into it. And so make sure that if you're buying a day pack, that you're not getting something that is so big. This one, it fits me, but it's not comfortable. So, um, and I actually never took it back because I was letting people borrow it. Um, but make sure that you get something that's not so big that A, you just fill it up and B, that it doesn't set real on you. Um, so those are a bunch of packs. 
And just thinking about it for just a second, from start to finish, all I really want you to consider is, A, you want a good bladder, and that bladder needs to be either two or three liters. Personally, I have a two liter and a three liter. I use my three liter for backpacking. I also use it if I'm doing really long hikes. Now, a really long hike is not necessarily distance, it's time. Okay. So if a really long hike for me is if I'm going more than four hours, then I'm probably going to get that three liter um, bladder out just to be safe. I would rather have a little too much water and carry the heavy water than I would to, to be not have the water. So a good bladder, number one, a lot of backpacks come with bladders. They don't all. Okay. Not all of them come with bladders, but most of them will. So just check and make sure. You need a some sort of handheld plastic bottle that you can carry your electrolytes in, preferably two. Like, yeah, I mean, there's no reason not to have some extra electrolytes with you. They'll fit into the po- pockets or fronts of all of these vests. You will find a place. Probably the only one they wouldn't fit in. It was the first one I talked about, which was a super small little um, Camelback day pack, and. I could still fit a water bottle um, with electrolytes, and I have in that pack. So you want those two things. You want to make sure that you're using some electrolytes and that you test them. Test your electrolytes. Buy a couple of different things. Like, you know, buy none comes in these little bitty containers with fizzy things in them. And um, you can buy a few different types. Try them out. Just make sure that it sets well with your stomach. And that in the end, it's what you wanted. Some electrolytes have sugar in them. Some of them don't. Like it's, it, is, it is a little bit of a trial and error. And I will, on another um, video or podcast, be talking about what you need for nutrition as far as um, electrolytes, goos, water, food, etc. But for right now, know that you just do want some form of electrolytes along. Um, and... Coming back to that, and it depends on you and how long you're going. For myself, if I'm out and it's in the winter or it's in the summer rather, and I'm out for less than an hour, I don't take electrolytes. If I'm out for longer than an hour and it's in the middle of summer, I do. Um, If it's in winter for me, I won't take them unless I'm going longer than an hour and a half. So so just kind of like follow that roughly and try things out for yourself. Okay. Everybody's so different. That's, that's one of the things. And we're all smart, smart women. So we can figure this out for ourselves, but definitely follow a few of these things. And then also check out the link to the water calculator, because it will give you a lot of information because I'm five, six. And if I'm hiking with a friend of mine who happens to be six foot, she's going to have way different needs, or he's going to have way different needs than I am. So that's just, you know, it just, it varies by person. And then the other thing that I wanted to talk about very, very briefly are hiking poles. And a few things that people ask me about hiking poles, should you use one or two? You should use two. If you buy hiking poles, use two. Um, I had someone recently ask me about using a hiking stick instead. And you see these out there. They're super cool looking like it'll be some beautiful piece of wood that you just hold on to and use, you know, as a stick as you go along. Yeah, I mean, I think they're beautiful. I do. Um, I do not think they're as versatile 
and as user-friendly as having two hiking poles. And a couple of things that you want in your hiking poles, you want your poles to be um, where you can make them longer or shorter, okay? Expandable or contractible, because as you're, if you're going up something really steep, you're going to shorten your hiking poles. If you're going down something really steep, you're going to lengthen them because you're thinking, if you're thinking about it, you've got a, a longer step down for those. Hiking poles are super helpful if um, your knees bother you at all. Um, <laughs> even if your knees don't bother you at all, they're super helpful. If you've done a very, very long day, I know I, I had done a really long day, um, I don't even know, remember what park I was in. I was in some park, long day, coming down. I highly depended on those hiking poles coming down because my legs just needed it. They were, they were tired. So hiking poles, um, for me, I like a, a cork for your handhold. Um, some people don't care. I've used just rubber handholds before. <laughs> I've already said this. I mean, it's just who I am. I sweat. I sweat a lot. So um, those rubber ones just weren't as comfortable to me as the cork. So I like a cork handhold. And then um, I have used both carbon fiber and aluminum poles. Right now, my poles are aluminum. <laughs> For me, I don't see much of a difference because I just, the weight difference isn't that big. Like it's just really not that big. Um, for me, I would rather just make my arms a little stronger um, and not worry about it. Um, but, you know, try them out, check them out, get some poles. Uh, when you're trying your poles, what you should do is make sure that that pole, when it's at a reasonable extension, not too long, not too short, but just a reasonable extension, allows you to have a um, 90 degree angle at your elbow. That's what you're looking for, just some a really relaxed 90 degree angle. And that's probably all I can say about polls today. We can certainly dive into polls again on another uh, video, another podcast, another talk, whatever we're doing. But um, that's it for today. Just remember, make sure you have a good bladder. Make sure you have a water bottle for your electrolytes. And make sure you have a pack that feels good and that you can't put 35 pounds of stuff into. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Thank you again so much for listening today. I truly appreciate the opportunity to connect. If you're ready to incorporate fitness consistency into your life, I'd love to help. I have a special gift for you. If it's a struggle to stay consistent with your fitness and you're ready for all the energy, vitality, and feeling great you can have, go to my website, fitisfreedom.com. And on the homepage, you can get a free copy of my Consistency is Key Masterclass plus a fitness plan you can follow along with, guaranteed to get you started on your path to being fit and free forever.